0: What does motion sound like? With Kizikans Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizzik.com slash socks.
1: What's up, what's up, incredible, loved, and valued people? I am Emma Mae McDaniel, and I am so thankful to welcome you to the Have You Heard podcast. Y'all, this is the start of A series that I am so stoked to be a part of and invite y'all into because my mom, known as Mama J, is joining us for a eight-part series and this is part one. So friends, grab your headphones and let's get into the word. (music) Guys, this is going to be so much fun. My mom is on the podcast for like a consecutive amount of weeks. And I feel like that makes the podcast just truly go to another level. Mom, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I'm excited. Me too. Me too. I love this because I just, I feel like whenever I looked forward to our time together, I was like, I feel like our conversations are always so fun Mm -hmm. and so rich and I was like, this is going to be exactly like it always is. But now we get to invite more people in. Yeah. And so I think it's going to be really sweet. But what is something that made you smile today? Um,
0: Let's see. Something that made me smile. Let's say um, recently this week would be, so your brother is in Vegas. Um, If any of you know, he is very much into video gaming. Um, Loves it. Yes, he loves it. And he is at a championship game this week. And I think one of the things that has made me smile is seeing him just be so excited about being There, um, watching him wait in the rain to try to be first in line. I think when you're a mom, seeing your kids be excited about things Mm -hmm. brings you so much joy. So I would say that's what's made me smile.
1: That's so sweet. He has been looking forward to this. And dad and his girlfriend, Lindy, have been, like, (laughs) joking, I feel like, for months that they're going to go with him. Like, we're going to Vegas with you, aren't we? That's right. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if they really bought a plane ticket to go. But they didn't. I bet that is really sweet. I mean... I have to be careful not to say her name because it's a surprise. But Josh and I have been so excited about our little girl. And I've been thinking about, like, I wonder what she's going to like. Mm-hmm. I wonder what she's going to get excited about, what she's going to enjoy. So I bet that is so fun it watching is. me and Nolan, like, grow up and see what we enjoy and then getting to be excited as you see us enjoy it. It's one of the favorite mom moments for sure. Aww. Yes. I love mm-hmm. that. Well, I know that we were talking about just this series mm-hmm. and really thought what better way to kick off such a fun time than for you to just share your story. Because I know you've been on the podcast and shared so much wisdom in the past. Um, but to let people get to know a little bit about where you've come from and what has so greatly impacted you being where you are and who you are today and you talk so much about walking in the grace of god and walking in the freedom of relationship with him versus legalism religion that's just very rigid and you speak from experience in that and so wherever it is that you want to start i would love for you to just share your journey with the lord with us and your story
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a great place to start. I know when Emma and I were trying to decide kind of what this eight part series would be, we really thought this was probably the perfect place to start. Because I think a lot of what you will hear me refer back to, you'll draw back to this story. And why do I think the way that I do? Why do I have the perspectives that I have? And a lot of it starts with why i am who i am and so i would say i was raised in a very loving nurturing environment an incredible mom and dad um and so everything that i talk through in my story has nothing to do with me being raised in anything but a loving environment um but i think it's when you're raised in an environment where it is all about trying to be picture perfect Mm-hmm. And, um, we were raised in a, um, a church environment where the salvation and the gospel was preached. And I understood the gospel. Yeah. Um, I was baptized as a believer at 12 years old. Um, I was, my grandfather was a pastor of a church, my un- two uncles, pastors of churches. Um, so very, very heavily involved into the, in the church. But I would also say it was very much religion. It wasn't ever about a relationship with god and so i knew the gospel i knew the steps of the gospel yeah. The you know understanding that jesus christ is the son of god that he is my way the truth the light all of those things i understood and that only through him would i receive salvation and and entry into heaven for eternity i knew those things but what wasn't taught to me at a very young age and throughout really my teenage years and young adult years was this whole concept of grace. And what does that mean? And what does a relationship with God actually look like? In my mind and the way that I was really brought up through my kind of my upbringing of adolescence and um, high school was really very much task. You go to church on Sundays, Sunday evenings, we had what we call teen church, um, and then we had church on Wednesday nights. And so it was very much all the task that you must do to be a Christian. And so when you didn't do said task, then you may be, quote, a bad Christian. Um, And so I grew up with starting to develop this mindset of the do's and the don'ts. And what happened is it created a kind of a cage around me where I really felt like I was caged in of what I could do and what I couldn't do. But through this entire process, I honestly am never opening up my Bible and getting into the Word. Why do I believe what I believe? Who is Jesus? What is this relationship supposed to look like? Um,
1: Besides being told to, why am I going to church on Wednesday nights and Sunday mornings? Yes, exactly.
0: And so I think it... You know, we got, I got married to your dad at, um, let's see, I was 19. He was 20. We started dating when we were 16 years old. And so we both were raised in the same environment. Um, and we started having kids at 22, 23, um, graduated college in our early 20s as well. And so started life and family re- really quick. Yeah. And I think at that point, you if, if you've been raised in that environment, you're doing all the things you're supposed to do. You're still living in the same town that you were raised in. You're sitting on the same church pew that you've always sat on by your parents. You start to have kind of this, what is more in life? Like mm-hmm. I'm checking on the boxes, but I'm still... What am I doing? F- exactly. I'm still feeling very empty inside. I've, mm-hmm. I've got married. I've gone to college. I've got my college degree. I've got a great job. I have my family around me, but... Something is not fulfilling me because I didn't understand the whole relationship with Christ. I was starting to search for what is it that I'm missing, and what I identified was, Oh, well, you know what? I didn't get to experience life, so in my I need to go do all the don'ts, all the don'ts. I'm yep. I missed something, I'm I, you know what? I was caged up. I did all the things I was supposed to do, and I didn't get to enjoy my college years. I didn't get to enjoy all these things that I think I'm supposed to enjoy. That must be what I'm missing. So late twenties, you know, I started, you know, going out to bars, drinking, going on um, company meetings, and just honestly not living the life of someone that is married, has kids, is a Christ follower. You would not have looked at me and said, "Oh, that's who she is." Mm-hmm. Fast forward to 2008 and in my job, corporate world, I really had gotten to a point where I was getting a little bit bored. I wanted to do something more. I was a pharmacist working in Monroe, Louisiana, loved pharmacy, but wanted to do more. And I got an an opportunity to move to Alabama to do what we would call multi-unit leadership, where I can actually lead multiple pharmacies and vision centers for the company I was working with. And doing that What God was doing, I didn't know this at the time. I thought I was just going in an environment of getting to grow in the company. God was taking me and your dad and you and Nolan. He was taking us on a journey. And so we Mm -hmm. left the environment of home and all the things that were familiar to me. And I was still searching at this time. And he took us to Huntsville, Alabama. We were still in the same type of church environment, very legalistic very much the do's and the don'ts, but I was away from all the familiarity of the church that I grew up in. So I, there yeah. was some things I was starting to search out. Why do I, why would I pick this church? Why, what am I doing? Question What's Questions you've missing? never
1: even never had an opportunity exactly. to ask yourself. And you, you to to never ask. would
0: if you didn't take yourself out of that environment. Right. So we stayed in Huntsville, Alabama for about a year. Um, I got another opportunity. God knocked again. Again, he's doing all of this through my work. At this time, me and your dad are really working on our marriage because we had taken divorce off the table. We were like, you know what? We've got our problems, but we will not quit. We saw you and Nolan. You were probably, Huntsville, you were probably third grade. Mm -hmm. Nolan was first grade at the time. Yeah. Um, And we just saw there would be so much that we would miss out on if we quit. And so we took divorce completely off the table. That's
1: just That's a whole. That's a whole other series, right? And I would say, young
0: marrieds out there, it is hard. Marriage is the hardest thing you will ever do. I've always said I'll never do it again, but not because it hasn't been worth it. It's because it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. It makes you better. It humbles you. Um, But I will say, when you take divorce off the table and it's not an option it forces you to work through the hard stuff. So that's where we are. So So we're in 2008, 2009. We're working through the hard stuff. We moved to Pensacola, Florida. I got an opportunity to run about 125 pharmacies and vision centers. And so we moved to Pensacola, Florida, and we didn't choose the typical church that we would have naturally chosen. We went to a non-denominational church. And so with the non-denominational church, we had things such as instruments on stage. This was something I'd never grown up with. Uh, We had women um, leading in roles that I had never seen before. And I told Jason, as we were sitting in the church one day, one Sunday, I said, There's something about this that is really uncomfortable to me, but I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. At this point, I still am not opening up my Bible and reading. I'm I'm still not getting in the Word because I still haven't found what it is that I'm missing just yet. But I will say in Pensacola, Florida is where God is starting to unveil what's missing in me he's so
1: patient he's
0: so patient and i would just say through this process and any of you out there that are going through a journey and you're like i don't know what's going on i don't know the whys just know he has you on a journey for a reason and just kind of keep your heart and your head on a swivel to know what is he trying to teach me here so there he was really unveiling the things that i thought were the to-dos and the ways to do things he's he's revealing to me that they're not And that there's something so much more to my faith than the legalistic mindset that I had put on myself, Mm -hmm. that there was actually, it was about a relationship with him. And so we were in Pensacola for three years. I had probably more growth in those three years than I had had up to the last 30 years of my entire life. Um, And in that time, I found one of my very best friends, Lisa Long. Um, And she was one that I would say was a season ahead of me and had gone through the same journey that I had gone through, but she had identified this relationship with Christ. And she started walking with me through that. And not intentionally, I wouldn't say that we were sitting down talking about it, but visually, I'm watching her and I'm seeing it. I'm seeing how she's interacting with people. I'm seeing how she's interacting to the community. I'm listening to how she's thinking through things in her life, and it's revealing to me, wait a minute, this is making sense here. This is what I'm missing. So 2013 rolls around. God knocks again. He takes us away from Pensacola, Florida, and he moves us to Birmingham, Alabama. Um, Birmingham, Alabama, this was a journey. We get there. We honestly, none of us in the family wanted to really go. This was not an easy move for any of us. Probably it was hardest for Nolan. We had family that had moved to Pensacola, Florida. Your uncle Josh and Heather and Josiah and Brooklyn had moved there. Lisa. Lisa was there. So this was a really tough move for us, but what had happened was we moved to Birmingham and we joined another non-denominational church. Um, What I love about the non-denominational churches is that it just, to me, from my personal walk and experience, is it really allows you to search, what is God teaching me? What is this relationship? And so I was on that journey, and it was one, I believe it was a Sunday night. It may have been a Wednesday night, but I'm just going to say Sunday night for the sake of, let's tell the story. Yeah. I had really I, at this point. I am opening up my Bible. I am doing Bible studies. I'm really seeking, and I had started really understanding Ephesians six and reading through Ephesians six. I remember Under- this? Yes, understanding spiritual warfare and what does this mean? The armor of Christ. What is this? What like what part do I play? And there was um, a Sunday evening that I go to a service, and God just like He really hit me that. You are at the point. It is about a relationship with me. And let's just hold hands and draw a line in the sand is that this is where it starts. Mm -hmm. And so I was rebaptized that night in um, Birmingham, Alabama at Church of the Highlands was actually where we were going at the time. And it was a moment where I, w- your dad wasn't there. I can't even remember if you and Nolan were there with me. I may have been by myself, but y'all may have been there with me. But it was a night that it was. I was able to say, this is where my faith story actually begins. Because now is the point when Jesus says, I know you, he now knows me. And so I really started to understand what does grace mean? Mom, Mom. It doesn't mean perfection. It doesn't mean that I'm gonna get it always right. It means I'm going to just have progress every day. I'm gonna screw up that day and I'm gonna sit down every evening. I'm gonna to pray to God, what, what did he teach me? What do I need to do better? What do I need to apologize for? What do I need to ask for forgiveness for? But when I wake up in the morning, I'm new. And I get to go again. And none of that ever changes. And I think the shackles and the cage and everything was just completely released. And that's really where I started. And I would tell you at that point, you're probably getting into junior high. Nolan is into upper elementary school. What's interesting is when you talk about your faith journey and your testament, if you do the timelines together, When Emma is learning what a relationship with God looks like, it's the same timing to about maybe a year Mm -hmm. that I have figured it out. We're only about a year apart in our faith journey. And I think the cool part about this is that we went through it as a family. We did. And I think that's why today we're so tight as a family, because Mm -hmm. we all know we had our own journeys. It took us a lot to get where we are today, but... My story is a story about breaking away chains of legalism, perfectionism, feeling like I'm not enough, feeling like I'm never going to live up to anything that is the bar that is set on me. Even though nobody set the bar on me, I set it on myself. And God just slowly through a journey using my job created an environment to make me very uncomfortable, to make me wrestle with things that I had thought was The way things had to be and he revealed to me that it wasn't that he is what's constant Mm -hmm. things around me may shift and change and it doesn't matter it's about him and that's what's the most important and that's my story
1: that's so encouraging and I love how you pointed out the connection because I so I see the Lord so graciously breaking generational confusion mm-hmm. and shackles because I have personally shared my story on here talking about learning what grace really is and learning how to let go of perfection because perfectionism has its own boundaries. But to walk with the Lord is where true like life yeah. is found. And so it is just so sweet how he was leading you and leading me in ways that maybe in the moment we weren't even aware of the level at which he was working in our hearts. And now sitting together, looking back in retrospect of our family and our journey, it's just so powerful. And I've been reading in the Psalms a lot lately. And a Psalm I read recently is that God, you steady me as I continue to walk along. Mm -hmm. And I just hear that in your story of like, as you were searching, he so sovereignly was steadying you and revealing himself to you and guiding you to himself as you walked along. And because you were open and you were curious and you were Wanting him, you didn't know exactly that it was him you were wanting. Right, he was just so faithful to reveal himself to you. Mm -hmm. And also, I I want to point out one more thing that you said that I thought was so powerful, and that is that you came to this point where you have the job, Mm -hmm. you have the husband, you have the kids, you have the house all of these things that I feel like especially in our generation and we'll speak so much more into all of these things in later episodes but you spoke so much about how like I there was still a void yeah there was still something there and I feel like we have this misconception that once I meet all of those check marks then I'll find contentment or happiness Mm -hmm. or fulfillment and your story shows that it's actually it'll beg to differ it's very different than what the enemy would love to convince us of Mm -hmm. so mom i love you thank you for sharing your story this is real and powerful and encouraging and i just can't help but keep thinking where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom Mm -hmm. that is like the banner over your story
0: i agree it's gonna be a great eight weeks
1: i am pumped i'm having to like hold back some things i'm like let's talk about it because it's so good but let's talk about it it the next week next time (laughs) (laughs) time. i love you all so much and we can't wait to talk to you all next week bye guys